2018 they came and they said you know what shilpa we don't need you any longer and that was a wake up call for me really i feel it was the best thing that happened to me otherwise i would have been still there in that place so work on your belief system work on your habits work on your patterns what you end up doing uh, in your day that literally feeds into your tomorrow and she said i just want to tell you your message is so good but it looks like you have rehearsed it and she was so right because this introvert was trying hard to be perfect that's what it was bring myself of the judgment and deciding to just go by my heart the performance is the minimum expected out of you you know you cannot there's no shortcut to that but it is the relationships which take you to the next level i make myself the center of my universe hello and welcome to the success with savita podcast where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind i'm your host savita nanjapa entrepreneur high achieving 9 to 5er turned transformational success coach helping you create a wildly successful business come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips resources how to's and real talk side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day Welcome back to the Success with Savita podcast and joining us on today's episode is Shilpa Kulshreshth. She joins us from Sydney, Australia, and we have a really interesting topic that we are talking about. But before we dive into the conversation, I want to share about Shilpa. She is a multi-awardee, game-changing career coach, TEDx speaker, best-selling author of Playful, and founder of Skintlet Coaching. Shilpa has almost two decades of corporate experience working with companies like Deloitte, Westpac, Tech Mahindra and a few startups before venturing out with her career coaching practice in 2019. Because of her ability to create results for her clients, she's known as the one with the Midas touch and has received several international awards for the impact she has created around the world. Her murdering mediocrity ideology has been the stepping stone for professionals to step into their power zone and quickly get to their next level securing promotions in a very short period of time by stepping up their performance capital relationship capital and social capital while winning multiple awards she has also been featured in TEDx Forbes Outlook Fox CNN and many more media outlets she's been on a TV show in the US called The Entrepreneur Mindset and has featured on a number of podcasts and radio shows and today i'm talking to her about how to murder mediocrity and build an exceptional career and i'll see you on the other side hi and welcome to the success with savita podcast shilpa i am looking forward to this conversation and thank you for being so generous with your time and being here with us today Thank you, Savita. I'm already feeling very excited. So thank you for the invite. You're welcome. So with that, I want to dive right into um, you know your story and how you started letting go of mediocrity, like you share in on on your socials in your book. So I'd love for our audience to hear your journey as well. Well, it came with the uh, 16 years of career. The first few years, the first 10 years, I would say was. was good but then the last 5 to 6 years of my career it was deeply rammed into mediocrity and i would have never realized it 
if not for um, five years back, my company came, 2018, they came and they said, you know what, Shilpa, we don't need you any longer. And that was a wake up call for me because I had been staying in an illusion that I'm still an outstanding performer that I used to be. You know, sometimes the illusion just goes on and somebody needs to break it. And I'm so, I feel so fortunate for that moment when the company came and said, you know, this is, this is what the truth is. It was like literally somebody had thrown it in my face. And then it was my uh, moment where I realized that I'm not doing as good as I was born to do, or I have the potential. And that is where I started my journey, traveling around the world, understanding what went wrong with me. Where did I slip? Because I started off as a high achiever, school topper, national level ranker, five professional degrees. So everything that we are traditionally made to believe is important for success and everything. But somewhere I slipped, somewhere I went off the track mm. and I just got deeply entangled into mediocrity. And when I started finding my missing pieces, that is where I started constructing a very different Shilpa. And uh, the journey continues even today. Yeah. And that's very interesting because I feel like I share some parts of your journey. You you say that this is, was a gift, like this was a good thing that happened to you. At the, in that moment when, um, you know, you were laid off, um, in that moment, was it harder? And then you took some time and introspected. Was it like that? Or you already knew at that time that I'm, I'm, I'm stagnating. Was that something that you already were aware of? I wasn't actually. Because mediocrity or average stream is something like Savita, you, it won't kill you entirely, mm. but it continues to hollow your rules over the period, over a period of time. You know, so I had this idea that I don't feel great in meetings. I don't feel that I belong here. I knew I wasn't, I wasn't at the best of my game. So in the leadership team, I used to feel that maybe I, maybe this is not a place for me. Maybe I'm not doing enough. So that feeling was there for a number of years, but I keep brushing it under the carpet because you get, you get a good money. Yeah. Uh, you go to office every day, you do something. You don't realize that it is just a mundane thing that you are doing. You are not able to say no. So anything that the team doesn't want, it just comes to you and you take it because you, you're you happy doing those little boring things, uh, repetitive things, and your erosion happens over the years. So there was some idea, but I wouldn't have realized it if not for that. And um, I would say for it, when you say it was, it was easy or difficult, yeah. I would say it was up and down. The journey was up and down. So when my manager broke the news to me, there was a there was a little bit of liberating feeling okay. in the instant. Um, for thirty seconds, I felt bad, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" As if as if somebody has freed me from the cage. I mm -hmm. felt that. I all I asked was, "Okay, how much are you gonna pay to me?" And that was such a such a odd push in that situation. I was supposed to be sad, but this yeah. came on because in my mind, I started constructing something, and it seemed very very, uh, you know, very very attractive. And I walked out of churn styles of my office that day feeling very strong. I, I remember the feeling. Mm -hmm. And by the time I reached home, I was already weak on my knees because I didn't know what to do. I had this feeling that it is, it is something good, but the how, nothing was clear. So yeah, it was a journey ups and downs. Uh, and yeah, I feel it was the best thing that happened to me. Otherwise, I would have been still there in that place doing those mundane things. The last one in the queue. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hear you and I feel like there's so many people actually who know this at some level, right? They've, they've grown in their career. They've reached a certain stage. Maybe at this time, it's just a regular routine. You know, they're not really crazy about their jobs, but they show up, but they're doing something and they're like, it's a means to an end. Now, my question for you is for managers who are here, for leaders, for people in corporate who are here, what's the first step in recognizing that what has worked before isn't actually working anymore? I would say it's your own measurement of how you feel about yourself in the moment. Mm. If you feel about yourself, you're doing good. You don't have anything to worry. But if there's a feeling that, you know, you're not getting the best out of yourself. That's the first step. Don't let that feeling go because I feel that voice that comes from inside, if we ignore it, you know, it just, it, it it's the most stable voice, but it gets silenced by a lot of noises. So listen to that noise because if you feel that you're not at your best, maybe you are not. If the work that you have been doing, it has become boring now, it has become unfulfilling, it was something that you used to love till yesterday, but it is not giving you that excitement, those juices, yeah. definitely something which is which is coming in your way. So the first step is to be aware mm. of the game you are playing. Yes. Yeah. Are you playing a, a mediocre game or are you playing a below mediocre game or a above mediocre game or are you really an outlier? Mm. And are you happy being there? That's the second question you have to ask. If, if you're happy, great. But I don't think anybody can be happy. We compromise, especially yeah. women, especially women, because every single woman that I've worked with, including, um, you know, VPs, senior VPs, somewhere family comes in the picture, and somewhere because of the family, we keep our career in the in the back, uh, you know, back, back here, yeah. and uh, we don't realize how much harm it causes to us over the years. And I've realized that this was my biggest mistake because I felt that my career and my family was in conflict. So, you know, I just kept pushing my career back. So for the women, I feel that everything comes down to the family and that's where they tend to do a little bit of compromise. So need to be aware what game you are playing and are you happy playing it? And if you're not, something needs to be done about it. Yeah. And that brings me to my next question. I think you're bang on. A lot of women tend to, at some point, right, you feel like, okay, this is what it is. I've got to compromise, you know. Uh, and they feel like there isn't a different way. There isn't a different model of being because maybe sometimes, um, you know, the, the day is busy. Um, you don't have, between juggling so many roles, you don't have time to kind of get some perspective, step back, breathe, and you just have so many responsibilities. Now, um, that brings me to my next question, which is, so what, okay, I recognize that I'm not happy. I recognize I'm stuck. I recognize I have compromised. I recognize I don't feel good waking up and getting to work and it's such a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's harder. It's getting harder every day. Now what? What is key? In your words, uh, to murdering this mediocrity, how do we get started? Share with us your framework for someone who's here, who understands that I'm stuck, I need help. Absolutely. So the easiest path would be to get somebody who can hold your hand and help you guide through the journey. That is the easiest thing, I would say. But just to break it down into confidence, look, 
you are stuck in a rhythm because you're doing some things over and over again and you, you've become used to that rhythm. And to break it, it requires a deep dive within yourself. So the first thing that you need to do is to understand what is it that I am doing that is coming in the way of my progress. So what are the, you know, we often think about the green arrows, which are the arrows, imagine them going up. This is change of job. Okay, if I change job, I'll feel better. Or if I earn more, then it would be better. Or if I get promoted, um, that would be awesome. But what we don't focus on is the red arrows, which are the, you know, which are taking, which are keeping us where we are. They're keeping us rooted to our current situation. They're keeping us stuck. And these red arrows are the things uh, like your belief system. What do you believe you can do? Right? I, for me, this was the biggest thing. It sounds very simple, but I, but I believe that I have come already come very far. I, I believe that I'm comfortable and I'm happy. Uh, my family life was all sorted out. Amazing family, supportive partner, good, you know, wonderful girls. So I thought it was all sorted. And I kept compromising on my career front because of that belief that I held. But as I worked on my belief system, started shifting to I can have my cake and eat it too. I can carry my family along. So this was the yeah. first decision I did that if I progress, you know, because I haven't till now, I have cut myself short. If I progress, I am going, going to carry everybody along because I choose to. Right. So you can build a very different belief system. There's a process, there's, you know, and that's why I've I was saying that get some help. It is it, You can do it yourself, but it takes time. And I would say, uh, you know, why waste time when you can get help? So work on your belief system, work on your habits, work on your patterns, what you end up doing uh, in your day, that, lit that literally feeds into your tomorrow, right? So what you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis, your habits, you have to just go and re-engineer it all. And you have to reset the button. So... Look into what you are doing that needs to change. Then you have to work on the baggages that you have been carrying. For some people, it, it can be the interviews that they have paid. For some people, it would be, oh, I don't have a voice in the meetings, which was my, you know, the bane of my life being an introvert. Uh, it, for some people, it can be imposters. And what is it that you, the baggage that you are carrying and getting that right, setting yourself and then literally building the blocks for your future, which is getting your, the first thing I believe, and uh, like people, when they come to my uh, programs, I'm a career coach. So career is the gateway because it is easy to talk about the career, but there are so many things behind it. So getting those support systems in place, again, especially for women, because if that is, uh, the framework is strong, our everything around us in our environment, our ecosystem is supporting us, then career will be a cakewalk. Right. So getting that strong, working on your relationships at home, in your um, in your workplace, in the community, in the world at large, getting all that right and then figuring out the clarity of direction, your road ahead and then locking it all up with powerful habits. So basically what I'm saying is this five to six steps framework that you can use to get out of that mediocre life to a life of magnificence. Yeah. I mean, uh, that resonates with me when you say that for women, when we talk about careers, there's a lot of things behind that, which is true, right? And we are emotional beings. And for us, something else, any other drama in the other areas of our life is going to have an impact on our careers, on our work. 
if you can work on your support system, your other relationships, you can have a strong backup career then becomes far more uh, easier for you to focus on and you know, you're not distracted. The other thing that stands out for me is you saying that you didn't have a voice um, in meetings. That's hard to believe. Look where you are now. How did you change that? How did you shift that? Again, it started with the belief system. I didn't have a voice because somewhere I felt I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Right? So, so it was there. And it happens with, you know, you go up for a presentation and you go there, you wait for your turn, especially if you are an introvert like me. I'm a very shy introvert. So you wait for your turn. And then when you when the turn comes for you to speak, then you just mumble, jumble. You you can't find the right words. You come out of the room. You second guess your, yourself and you say, okay, I think I am not good at that. Let me, let me let somebody else speak. And this, you know, you fall into the trap of, again, taking a backseat in terms of your voice. And over the years, it dies down, which is what happened with me. And again, it was changing the belief system and then letting go of the judgment, which was a big thing for me, Savita. Because first time, you know, when I started doing the videos, like, so writing is easy for me because I love writing. You know, introverts, I think they love writing. It's the expression. Um, and I can do that beautifully. I can do it at any time. It's like, it's like prayer for me. But making videos, even these kind of, uh, you know, podcasts, this is not my thing. This is not something which comes naturally to me. So... Then started my journey, I would make videos on LinkedIn, which was a big thing because I had always been scared of speaking in front of so many people. And um, somebody came up and said, um, the woman was very, very, it was so nice of her to send me a private message and not a public message telling me that my video looked rehearsed. And she said, I just want to tell you, your message is so good, but it looks like you have rehearsed it. And she was so right because this introvert was trying hard to be perfect. And that was the thing. I felt really bad. I felt really bad because, you know, I was trying and then somebody comes and says, you know, uh, kind of you don't belong there. And then I, I decided that day that I will go with my heart. I will speak with my heart. Let me fumble for words. I will, I will figure it out. And that is what took me to a journey where I started speaking on global stages and literally that's what it was freeing myself of judgment and deciding to just go by my heart wow i think every introvert hearing you speak today will will uh, resonate but you know having said that i feel like i'm i'm an extrovert sometimes i'm an introvert sometimes and um you know the story that comes to mind is when i did my first video in fact that was on instagram yours was on linkedin and I remember sitting at this co-working space and I needed a quiet place to do this video. So I went and put this inside this phone booth kind of thing. And when I, you know, shared the video, the first thing I got was calls from a friend who shared, said, you look like you're sitting in a cave. Uh, and what's with the lighting? And, you know, everybody started to give me so much feedback that I did not create another video for a year. So, uh, I mean, it's really hard, that journey. And um, I mean, that's all from being not wanting to speak up uh, in meetings to now TEDx talks, three TEDx talks. Um, that's interesting. We're going to come back to that. But I do have another question that I have for you for our, from for our audience, right? What, according to you, is the recipe for transitioning from mid-segment to the CXO level? Because, again, there... Yes, you need to let go of mediocre. You really need to be uh, a player, all of that. But according to you, um, 
people may not even be aware, right? They're not even aware that they are stuck. Uh, what do you feel are like one, two, three key things that people should keep in their mind to move from mid-management to the CXO level? Uh, that's a very um, wonderful question because I feel if people can get it while they are there, it makes the journey really, because they can focus on those core elements. The first thing that I would say is communication. Hmm. Communication, which is dependable. You know, I can literally tell when I deal with the people, whether it is for uh, an employee, a, a potential employee coming for an interview or a client, I can make out how far this person will go by the speed of the coming. It is not about the quality of the communication. It is about the speed because quality can be built over a period of time. But if you are really good in your communication, you will go a long way. So focus on that. That is important. You, you should be dependable. You should be, people should take you as dependable. And they should be able to rely on you because if they cannot rely on you, you cannot be a leader. Yeah. The second thing that I believe is important is relationships. Now, I didn't get this one. So I would always skip the Friday drinks, which is a common thing here in Australia. I wouldn't go to team lunches because I wanted to take out all that time to finish my work so that I can quickly come running back to my family, you know, my, my happy place. And uh, that was such a mistake. It is important to build relationships beyond a certain stage in your, beyond a certain level in your career. It is not only about the performance. Your performance is the minimum expected out of you. You know, you cannot, there's no shortcut to that, but it is the relationships which take you to the next level, mm. right? So it is, it is, it is about when we talk, it is about, uh, let's talk about promotions. Promotions happen behind closed doors and you never get an opportunity to be present in the room when your promotion is being discussed. But if you can create that kind of visibility where you just go and virtually sit in that chair in the form of your branding, in the form of the sponsors, in the form of the relationship, people who are there to speak for you, you get promoted, right? It is as easy as that. You go for a job and uh, you have, you know, you have the right relationships, you've got the right visibility. People already, your Branding, or I would say your reputation. I don't like the word branding that much. Reputation is better. Your rep reputation walks into the room even before you physically walk in. And that acts in your favor. So it is all about the relationships that you have, the visibility, the presence that you have with the people who are not only in your workplace, but uh, outside as well. And the third thing, and this is the go-to thing, people don't understand it. It is about making it happy. Anybody never faces a brick wall. That person will be the one who will get all the opportunities. So if I have a choice, like I have two candidates walking into the interview room and one is who has got all the skills, all these certifications ticked off, who has got all that experience. And there's another one whom I can see this person can make it happen. That's the attitude that person is coming, bringing in. Everything in terms of the numbers on the CV and all those things that show his ability to make it happen, I'll go for that person. Same with promotion. Same with, uh, you know, when people wonder how can, how can immediately people get 100 to 180% increase in salary, that is because they distinguish themselves as leaders who can make it happen, who can take decisions, who can change sales, who can, um, who can even get their hands dirty if needed, you know, in the details. Yeah. But they never... Like what you hear so far? 
Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, brilliant points. Uh, I think I I completely agree with that. Making it happen, that X factor is something that, um, you know, I mean, do you think it, it can be cultivated? Like, maybe I'm not born with it, but do you think it can be cultivated, presents? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and there's such a big absolutely coming out of me because I was somebody who always thought that I needed to depend on somebody to run the show. You know, so I was always this small chotu guy who's on the side, you know, a corner of the stage is for me. And I always needed the big guy to be there to do the things for me. And coming from there, and I know I can depend on myself. I know I'll make it happen. I know when I sign up a client, I know I will get the results. This is not because, uh, this is not because I have done it so many times before. It is because I know I will always find a way. Yeah. Right can be cultivated, if I can cultivate it, if, if other people uh, with whom I have worked or like people are working with coaches all the time on building this capability, making it happen, yeah, it can. Yeah, great. Mindset or strategy? What according to you is more important? Mindset. Okay. That comes plus strategy comes later. Yes. The strategy can be developed. But when I see people, a lot of people take a shortcut. And that's where I talk about the green arrows and the red arrows. Mm. Green arrows are the strategy people. Okay, job chahiye. You know, let me do, let me work on my resume. Let me work on my LinkedIn and all that. That is strategy. That can be built. Anybody can do that. But if your mindset, if you carry an unbeatable mindset, if you can focus on building it and it, and it requires efforts, it's not something that generally comes by, but you have to build it. You will be a winner when we see entrepreneurs who are doing who are super successful as compared to the entrepreneurs who are struggling every day I when we look at people who are who are doing amazing work as executive leaders it's the mindset that distinguishes them it's not the strategy strategy could be person yeah if you have a limiting belief and you haven't worked on it any strategy is not going to work for you because at some point you don't believe that you can actually make it happen so it's not going to happen right um, like it didn't happen, right? Yeah, it happened. Mindset. It's not a strategy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, my question for you is: Is that difference that you have observed? And I know that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the answer is yes. But have you noticed a specific difference in how men transition to senior roles versus women, or is the journey similar? See. It's a little different because women, um, I feel women have more colors, they have more emotions um, and men are a little different. For men, it is more straightforward for women. Yeah. So so the biggest difference I've seen is in the emotions and the family quotient. Usually women want to take their family along and they don't want to do disservice to their family. That's that's there. No matter what, no matter what happens, it was there in my mind as well, you know. And I see men usually take independent decisions. Um, and that's why there's, uh, you know, glass ceiling and all those things. They come for women because because there are different challenges. There are challenges around, if you see pregnancy, mm. you know, pregnancy, comma, if not a full stop. When you have children, mother is supposed to take, uh, you know, bigger role in growing the children than the men. So yeah. most of the men that I deal with who are in their 30s to 50, 
uh, they have children whom they are growing. So they want to take them along. And I feel that that's what makes a journey different. And if only we can facilitate it, um, it will, it, it will. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, in your book, Played For, you talk about not just winning at work, right? Talk about winning in all areas of your life and that it's really important. Now, you can't do everything at the same time as in, you know, maybe like, do you have some tips on how to do this where, you know, right now I may be failing in seven areas of my life, right? Uh, but how do I like kind of prioritize and then, you know, how do I win in all areas? Is it possible? Is Is there some time and work required for it what's your view on that um absolutely so played full the concept it, it is based on a triangle of life there are three sides of the triangle one is your achievements mm. which is your role the designation the money that you make the wins that you have the other side is the relationships your relationship with yourself with the family board community and all that and the uh, third side is your health physical mental emotional health now I would say it is not about the balance. It is about the imbalance that you can create. So I'm strongly against balance because I had balance all my life. That took me to mediocrity. You know, nothing nothing amazing is created out of balance. It is the imbalance which creates it. So if, uh, if you can spend time on your achievements, on creating that career that you crave, if you can spend time, if, if at times you will be required to work 16 hours a day. It will not be always, but there would be times if you are required to do that. And if you do that, then, you know, if you if you are okay with that imbalance, you will create amazing things there. There would be times when your child needs you at home. Hmm. You need to take, uh, take off for holidays. If you can take out time and just focus on that, on that, create an imbalance there. You know, it's okay that if you go for a long while, then you don't touch the phone to respond to the emails and all those things. If you can work on your health, let's say you have an, uh, you have an objective of six packs. My husband is working to a six pack, so he keeps saying it, so it comes to my mind. Let's say you want to do that, you would have to take out time maybe uh, from your family time to focus on your health, to do that extra bit. So it is about imbalance. You should every now and then treat yourself to imbalance so that you can create amazing things everywhere so i sometimes you you can uh, you can focus on your work and then take a little bit of okay this is i can go on with whatever is happening with that rhythm that i have established and i focus on creating something amazing for my family or something amazing in terms of i want to go for reducing my weight because i want to be on top of my energy so i want to reduce 9 kg so i create a focus of 9 kgs let's say 9 v and i do that so it is about the imbalance and I would say that balance game is what keeps us wrapped up in mediocrity and we haven't got it. Amazing. I I think this is such a different spin on this balance and um, I've, I've always found it, I think in some ways, I'm like how do you achieve work-life balance? There's no such thing as work-life balance because work is just part of your life. Uh, it's not that you do equally. But imbalance in some areas leads to better results. That's a very, very interesting uh, perspective. And I think it's a great positive spin on the word balance because everybody's striving for balance. But actually, you're right. You just get comfortable after a point. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a very, very interesting view. I'm going to spend some time thinking about this. But when it comes to you, right? 
how do you play it well um and how do you apply this into your own daily life and career share with us your uh, day in your life share with us how you do this so you know we can get some insight into how we can apply this to our lives absolutely so look all my life i was sitting on that seesaw trying to balance it you know trying to balance it it was so hard to balance it and then i realized that i need to let it go up i need to experience that sense of achievement when it goes up and for that i will also need to let it go down at times so up and down i wanted to play that dance so now what i do is imbalance inviting as much imbalance as i can in my life and because i'm taking my family along uh it is not too much like they are a part of my system everybody is playing a little little part of it so you will see that uh, if if you if somebody follows me they would see 45 to 50% of the time i'm traveling i'm traveling because it's my it was my dream to travel to different places of the world that was the lifestyle that i wanted to live and my you know it's not about the money i love to make good money not don't uh, take it otherwise i love to take uh, make good money but i don't want to chase money but i wanted a lifestyle if i have to go to learn from somebody um from an expert in the world even for a half day conference i should be able to just fly and come back you know that is the kind of rhythm i wanted in my life so if i have to do it i just go i have gone to places for just two or three days to a different country and have come back and 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 that time i don't think about the family because you know my family takes care of themselves if i have to just stop my work i can just go with my family and i can holiday for 6 weeks thankfully i've been able to establish uh, you know that uh, framework in my system or that system around me where i can go for that imbalance every now and then if i have to and i give you the example of 9 kgs in 9 weeks i went for it recently last year and at that time i don't worry about anybody in the family because most of the time we women fall into the trap of it will not work for the family if we focus i make myself the center of my universe for those 9 weeks i cook according to me and everything else falls in place and whatever is missing they take care of it themselves so i continue to invite that imbalance in terms of big goals in front of me and tiny joys that i build along the along the journey so i think i think that works and that is practically how i continue to when you talk about tedx and you talk about these uh, this bestseller and all that this is how it happens basically i i think the uh, title of this uh, conversation this episode has to be how to make yourself the center of your universe i love this i mean that's a great mantra to have because it does not mean that you're not you don't care about anybody else it means just like putting on that mask right and you put on your mask you do such a great job with yourself and that has a ripple effect domino effect on your family so i love that center of universe that's what my great takeaway every time shilpa i think about you i'm going to be thinking about how to make i mean why it's important to make yourself also at times a center of your universe and now i do want to come to the ted talks uh it's it's on my wish list by the way um so i'm going to get to it but three ted talks is impressive how was that journey and the preparation for it yeah so so the three ted talks it's not that i thought about it the yes um i about one and a half years back i was in uh, the shower 
and this idea came. I visualized myself, you know, and I have been always been an introvert. So it was a it was a very tough thing for me. But suddenly this idea came where I'm standing on the stage, there's blue light, there are thousands of people in front of me, my family's there giving me flying kisses, my coaches are sitting in the front, front row, and I didn't look really attractive. I think that was the day when it got seeded in my heart. And once things get seeded, it just happened. So within, uh, I think within a year of manifesting it, I got my first TEDx talk. Only difference was the red light instead of the blue light. But exactly how I had visualized it happened. Uh, and that also, so this is the manifestation part of it. But a lot of work goes behind that as well. So I started putting myself out on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is is um, a platform that I'm very, 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 uh, you know, active on. So I started putting myself out on uh, LinkedIn. I started putting my videos. I started my YouTube channel uh, and I was creating results. And somewhere all that came together to create the biggest, uh, to to take me to the biggest challenge of my life and introvert to a TEDx stage. And then when I did it, I realized it's not that difficult because I already had the idea of murdering mediocrity. Uh, that has been the idea. And those are pretty strong words because they have been the bane of my life. And I feel that no one should be trapped in mediocrity mm. because it leaves a very bad feeling when you feel that you you have nothing left inside you at the end of that journey. It has hollowed you all throughout. So I felt so strongly and standing there on the stage, it felt great. Because I was able to spread my message. And then I came and it was about, okay, I've got another idea. So TEDx is all about ideas. So it was about introversion. How an introvert went to the center stage. Then came my second TEDx talk. And the third talk came out of the idea because I was creating these results. People were working with me. They were clearing interviews. People, even if they have not cleared any interviews over the years, they would just come and I developed a method where they would just go and they would drop the interview in the very first go. And I was actually, I was actually flabbergasted. I was like, this is happening. Earlier, I thought it was this person. Then I thought, okay, those two people have done it. Okay, five people have done it. 10, 50 people. I was like, this is a system that is developing and I need to share it in the world because a lot of people are not able to afford my coaching, you know? So that is when I thought, okay, this time I'll just go and I'll bear my system to the world and I'll see how it feels. Rather than holding it to my heart mm. and only for the people I'm coaching, let me bear it for the world to benefit. So that is how the third TEDx talk came. So every time it, it came with a different feeling, a very different idea. The first one started with uh, visualization, the biggest challenge that I can think about uh, being an introvert and the rest all came in place. Yeah, I think manifesting plays a big role and it's also part of the mindset work, right? You have to be able to see the vision and then you have to go, got to go and execute it and make it happen. So I'm going to look forward to your fourth step talk, but coming back to you, a day in your life, what does that look like? If you A day in my life, um, it all starts um, when I get up in the morning. I'm not an early riser, but I get up um, around 7.30, 8 o'clock and that starts with an intention for the day. So I don't believe in to-do lists. Uh, I you will never see me any notes written around to-do list. This is this all I have to do or this this all I have to knock up. It's just one intention for the day. So before I open my eyes, there's an intention set for the day, and then I get up, 
and um, the first thing after uh, getting fresh is uh, tea, a tusi tea with my husband. You know, this is how we love to uh, start our day, and that is a time where we keep it away from the business. It's just the conversation between the two of us as life partners. And once the tea finishes, then we get into the you know um, this avatar of business partners. Then there's strategy talk and all that, and. Uh, like in each few hours, I usually love to keep it for myself. I don't love to work with the people because I think it is my time. So I've realized I'm the center of my universe. Others exist because I exist. So I have to cater for myself. So it is about my thoughts. It is about my journaling. It is about all the thinking and, you know, some part of the strategy. And then from midday, my call, coaching uh, conversations start. So I work with people across 16 countries. That continues, and then in the afternoon, there's a 20-minute nap, power nap that I take, which just charges me up and divides my day into good two parts, with an intention for each part of the day. And then, you know, I get up, I have my tea again. I'm a big tea lover. <laughs> so again, it starts with the tea, and then coaching continues. And I wind up around 7.30, 7, 7.30, because I work with uh, across the world with the yeah. different yeah. And then I finish it off uh, with the, so I have my dinner in between because I'm a leader. So around 6.30, I have my dinner. Uh, and then it finishes with a walk with my husband again, some time with my girls. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I love listening to everybody's routines. And my final question for you, as we come towards the end of this interview is what's next for you, Shilpa? What, what, what do you have coming up? What's the future like? So what's the future like? This question has been on my mind and I really want to expose myself. So anytime an idea comes to my mind, and this is why I keep a lot of free time in my afternoon, just to sit and think, uh, what has been playing up on my mind is a live event. I have not done live event, my own live events. Mm. And uh, a thought has been framing that I want to do. I want to do that. I want to create my own stage. And that stage provides stage to the other people. So I don't know what will come out of it, but that thought is coming live event where I can provide other people's stage, maybe introverts like me or extroverts, you know, whoever wants to do that. Right. And uh, you'll see something on that very soon. Yeah, looking forward to it and wishing you all the best. Before we wind up, um, uh, I have a little quick game. Um, that we do, it's going to take less than a minute. What comes to mind when I say each of the following? So it's like, a, I hate using Karanjo as rapid fire, but it's something like that. Okay. So um, we'll start. Um, the first one that comes is a mediocre. When I say mediocre, what comes to mind? So mediocre is not a game for any of us. Okay. Careers are? Many to be magnificent. Okay. Life mantra you live by. Uh, it is about big goals and tiny joys. All right. I wouldn't do without either of them. <laughs> All right. All right. Love. Love as if there's no tomorrow. Okay. And female friendships. Oh, that's that keeps a little girl in me alive. All right. A book you love. If there's one that you'd like, that comes to mind. Yeah. The magic of thinking big, I call it my Bible. So I go back to it every few days. It's a very simple book. And I would encourage our audiences, if they have not read it, 
read it. It is the simplest book, but it will help you get out of your excuses like anything. Every single sentence in that book is gold. Awesome. Okay, and we're going to drop the links as well with our show notes. And finally, just before we close, a final message you have for our audience. And I will focus on people um, who are living a nine to five life. This is this is really important because this was a discovery I had way down in my life. It is not about what you do between your nine to five, but about what you do between your five to nine that builds up the future. You can literally squander away that time doing the mundane day to day rut, or you can leverage some portion of it to build yourself the way you desire so that is the time when you can you know deconstruct what you don't want and construct you can literally take a pen and paper and design yourself to take any shape or form that you want yeah thank you that's a powerful message uh thank you for sharing your journey and so much value in today's conversation we are going to be dropping uh, all your links in the show notes for people who'd like to get in touch. But otherwise, uh, Shilpa is so active on LinkedIn. So please connect with her. Shilpa, thank you so much and wishing you all the best and always cheering you on. I look forward to staying connected and having you back for part two. Absolutely. Thank you, Savita. And I wish that you get, a, get the TEDx very soon. And I'm looking forward to see you on that in the coming few months. I think six months you should be there. Okay, all right. Fingers crossed. Let's make it happen, huh? All right. Thank you so much, Shilpa. Thank you, lovely conversation. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.